Running a sustainable and profitable service-based business doesn't have to mean hustle and losing your creativity. But amongst the noise online, it can be hard to figure out what works and what doesn't. The Secret Weapon Diaries, hosted by veteran service provider Gabrielle Chipier, is your go-to resource for discovering the best methods to attract quality clients and charge what you're worth so you can get back to creating portfolio-worthy work that you love. And if you want more, visit secretweapon.club for access to free resources and a community of secret weapons just like you. So, let's get started. Hey, welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Secret Weapon Diaries. I'm Gabrielle Chipier, and I help creative professionals build sustainable and profitable businesses so that they can attract the best clients, charge what they're worth, and fall in love with their work again. Now, today we are going to be talking all about why that last client did not become, or why that last prospect of, your, of yours <laughs> uh, on your last discovery call didn't become a client and what you can do to fix it on your next call. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this, please go visit secretweapon.club and you can go check out Easy Peasy Discovery Calls. It's a amazing framework and a masterclass that I'm putting on live Friday the 13th here. And if it's past Friday the 13th, it'll still be up there for you to go check out. So go to secretweapon.club and go check that one out. All right. So when I was first revamping my business and when I realized that things had to change and I was either going to have to get a job or I needed to really take this business stuff you know, seriously, uh, one of the things that I forced myself to do was to get on a whole schwack of discovery calls. And I went out of my way to get people on a face-to-face -face call and doing, you know, whether you call them discovery calls or whether you call them sales calls, I had to force myself to do them because I am an introvert naturally. I don't like having surface conversations. I get really drained around other people. And um, that's always held me back or I let it hold, hold me back because I thought that, well, maybe because I'm shy or whatever, right? So one of the things that I did was I forced myself to get on as many discovery calls as I could in a six month period. And the effects it had on my business were astounding. Like just by mastering this one little thing, I was able to completely transform my business. I tripled my revenue, started working less. I started working with a lot more high ticket clients and it was just amazing the changes that I saw. But in the process of going on all of those discovery calls for six months, I realized that there was a lot of things that I was doing wrong. So I developed a framework over a while that kind of helped me get over some of those key issues. And with a bit of help from mentors and some outside sources, I really refined it. And these uh, mistakes that we're going to talk about today are ones that I see a lot of creative professionals doing. Now, the other week I had Rachel reach out to me and she said, hey, Gabby, um, I just bought this social media product and it's um, telling me what to post on social media and I've been using it for a couple weeks and it's just amazing. I'm having all these people reach out to me, but they've booked calls and I've hopped on them, but I haven't actually gotten a paying client from them. So it was pretty sad because she was doing so many good things right, right? She was getting out there. She was being consistent. Her content was great. Her social media feed was beautiful. She's a graphic designer. So everything looked lovely, but these people weren't turning into paying clients because as soon as she hopped on a call, she kind of lost control or she fizzled out and she just wasn't able to close them, which is a shame because she's amazing at what she does. 
So after talking with her a little bit more, we I, I saw that she was making these mistakes. So we're going to get into them now and hopefully you can uh, stop making these mistakes in your discovery calls and use this kind of as a cheat sheet moving forward so that you can close more of these people into paying clients and grow your business. All right. So reason number one that that person probably didn't become a paying client is that you didn't clearly outline and set the expectations for the call right away. Now, a lot of designers and creative professionals um, don't really like taking the lead and in their own work. Yes. But when it comes to clients, um, they just, I don't know, it's just not natural to them. And, but when we come into a discovery call and we don't take the lead right away, it can really quickly uh, run amok on us. So, at the beginning of a discovery call, we absolutely need to clearly say what's going to happen and the purpose of the call so that we can kind of outline our expectations and we can outline the client's expectations and we can kind of give a framework for what's going to happen over uh, your time together. Right. And the biggest thing about this is that expectations can't be met if they aren't communicated properly. So if you're going into a call wanting to get some information about their business and you need to know some specific info and you want to dive a bit deeper into what they've done before and what's worked and what hasn't, if you don't clearly outline that expectation at the beginning of the call, you might never get there because you're going to kind of keep doing loops and loops and just kind of going down a meandering path, right? So that's what you really need to do right at the beginning of the call. You need to clearly outline, you know, what's going to happen, your expectations from them, what they can expect from you. And then that kind of uh, sets the groundwork for the rest of the call. Now, the second reason that that client probably didn't become a paying customer is you didn't show up as the expert that you are. And this is really comes down. It's a little bit of mindset and it's a little bit of conditioning that we've kind of run into as creatives because we kind of think about it as, you know, we're the people who are doing the work. So we are really good at what we do, but showing up as the expert is hard for us because we've created these little bubbles in our lives where we're friends with a whole lot of other designers. We're friends with a whole lot of other, you know, copywriters with virtual assistants. So we don't think that there's anything really special about us because we have kind of, um, I don't know if it would technically be confirmation bias, but it's something very similar. So we don't think of ourselves as experts because we surround ourselves with other experts in our field, but a client is coming to you because you are the expert in what you do and they need what you've got, right? So if you're not showing up as the expert in your call, then there's, you're really losing some authority there. So we kind of fall into like an employee mode when someone wants to pay us for our time and our expertise, and we really have to backpedal on that and kind of flip the switch. So in last week's episode of the secret weapon diaries, I talked about uh, three ways to kind of supercharge your discovery calls. And one of them was to view it as though you are interviewing them rather than them interviewing you. And that's really a key, um, you know, just a little tip that really helps kind of shift that in our mindset so that we can kind of show up as that expert because we want to make sure that we properly communicate that we know what we're doing and that they are lucky to work with us. <laughs> now, the third uh, reason that I kind of find a lot of discovery calls fail, and this one's another mindset issue. So you're going to be like, oh, Gabby, but we kind of let scarcity and lack guide us in this call. 
So we kind of start thinking, and especially if a discovery call kind of goes wrong and we're kind of, it's not turning out the way we like it to, we kind of start thinking doom and gloom. Like what's going to happen if this client doesn't sign with us? You know, we need the money and, you know, this month has been slow and, you know, this project would really help me pay off this something or I need it for rent. And we start getting all of these nagging feelings about, you know, what's going to happen if we don't get that money and we don't get that client. And that guides our decisions for the rest of the call because we're just in this mode, this scarcity mode, and we're thinking about all of the things that could go wrong. And that really colors the conversation that you're having with your client. And it really takes away your expert status and your authority because you're kind of desperately doing anything to get this person to sign with you. You're like, I'll slash my rates. I'll, I'll put together a custom package for you. I'll send you a 27 page proposal. I'll walk your dog. You know, you're trying to like do anything you possibly can to get this client. Right. And it's really, really detrimental for a discovery call. Like really does not work in our favor. And then the fourth reason is that we don't properly address objections throughout the call. Now, when we, we've probably looked up like sales scripts or sales training, you've probably come into that um, at some point in trying to grow your business, right? And there's a lot of talk about like uh, squashing objections and smashing objections. And it's all very like, oh, very masculine and, and very... Um, aggressive towards objections, but there's a way that's a little bit more feminine and a little bit more um, easy to do. And that's by addressing them throughout the call. Now, the majority of objections you're going to get as a creative, you know, trying to sign up another business to work with you, uh, the two of them that you'll get the most office, um, they're rooted in either lack of money or lack of trust. And really, it comes down to lack of trust because if you are running into a client who's saying, well, I can't afford you, you're too expensive. It's because they don't trust that the money that they're going to invest in you is going to pay off for them. And it's not, they don't believe that you're going to be able to give them the results that they're looking for. Right? Because in any business, in any sense, if you can justify the fact that what they're paying you to do is going to bring them results and is going to make them money in their business, then the amount of money that they're paying you is just a small pittance in comparison, right? So when we handle objections throughout the call, what that means is that we're showing up and we're showing them that their investment in us in terms of money is going to get them results. So this is things like talking about results you've gotten for your other clients, you know, weaving in stories of successes that they've had, weaving in, you know, social proof, like I've worked with X client and they did this and really just establishing that trust, you know, talking about a project that was very similar, that maybe you overcame some, you know, problems that arose that, you know, might come up in theirs. And, you know, you can kind of uh, front load those objection handlings. <laughs> and then that way, objections don't come up all at the end and you're not dealing with like this section at the very end where someone's like, well, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I've got all this objections and I don't really know if you're going to be able to do this. And I'm pretty sure that I don't have enough money. And then you're trying to handle them all at once, right? If you kind of think about it, that you're setting it up, that you're addressing these objections throughout the entirety of the call, then it's a lot easier at the end because then it's just a matter of when do you want to get started?
All right. And a lot of these mistakes are going to set you up for success in ways that not really apparent on the call themselves. I get a lot of people who ask me, you know, what do I do if a client says, you know, can you send me a proposal? Well, a lot of the times when I've used the framework that I've created, I don't get that question because they don't need a proposal. They're confident that I can provide what they want for the price that they want and getting them the results that they want. So a proposal is not needed and they don't need to go ask, uh, you know, other designers or other, you know, copywriters or what have you for their pricing and, you know, get on a discovery call with them because I've properly convinced them of my expertise and of my value and then I'm going to get them the results. And so that's kind of what a discovery call is all about, right? It's about assuaging fears and it's about really establishing yourself as the best option for their specific problems. So... Let's do a little bit of a recap. So kind of the four reasons that discovery calls go awry are really manageable and you can really deal with them ahead of time and in the process so that you don't make those mistakes over and over again. I mean, the first one is not clearly defining the expectations for the call. And you can do that by just, you know, saying, saying a few things at the beginning of the call. This is what we're going to do. This is, uh, you know, my expectations for the call. Do you have any expectations? And then we can kind of lay the groundwork. And then the second one is that you don't show up as an expert. And that comes from not really realizing that you are the expert and the client is coming to you because you have what they want. They, you really do. And you have to be, you have to know that like deep, solid in your core, you have what they want. And it's just a matter of working out the fine details. And then number three is we let scarcity or lack creep in. So we start being desperate and we start thinking about all the things that could go wrong rather than focusing on all the things that could go right. And we start wondering about whether if we don't get this client, uh, you know, how we're going to make it up, if we're going to make rent and all of these kind of fears creep in and really hold us back. And then reason number four is you don't properly address objections throughout the call. So they end up coming in a big giant block at the end. And if it's quite defeating when you've got someone who's just got objection after objection after objection, <laughs> because you haven't really assuaged any of them during the process of the call. So you can do that by weaving in stories about your results, um, talking about other progress or other projects that you've worked on and so forth throughout the entirety of the call so that you're not back end loading these all these objections at the end of the call. So if you use this information in your next call and just kind of keep a couple quick notes by your side and just keep that in mind as you're going through the call, I promise you you're gonna see some better results. Probably signing up a new client with it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Now if you want to learn more and the specific framework that I created for my discovery calls and that I actually just shared with my friend Rachel a couple weeks ago, she was doing amazing on social media and just wasn't closing our calls. And when I shared that framework with her, she signed up her next client literally the next day. So that was absolutely amazing. And I'd love for you to have that too. So I'm doing the live masterclass on Friday, March 13th. And if this is after Friday, March 13th, that you're watching this or listening to this, then just go check out secretweapon.club and you'll still be able to have access to it. You can still grab it. Um, it's going to be there in perpetuity, perpetuity, it's a hard word. 
And so I'd love for you to go check that out. Um, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'll see you next week for another episode of The Secret Weapon Diaries. If this was helpful, definitely give me a like or a share or a comment or a review, depending on where you're seeing it. I would absolutely appreciate that. And it would mean so much to me. Thank you so much and have a great week. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this week's Secret Weapon Diaries. Join me again next week as we continue discussing how you can grow a profitable and sustainable service-based business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you in the comments or in the reviews. If you'd like to go deeper, make sure to visit secretweapon.club and check out the free resources, plus access a community of secret weapons just like you.